How do you mean that? Well, I mean that there are the colors and the beauties, the designs, the beautiful way things appear. People themselves, dull people, but I thought dull, appear fascinating, interesting, mysterious, wonderful. But that's only the beginning. Welcome to Strange People, Weird Worlds. Let's get this show started. So you're at you're at zero for yeah whatever yeah but doesn't but liking someone doesn't equate to dating somebody yeah yeah but I know you you're like I mean basically a hopeless romantic type so you liking somebody is pretty much doesn't mean a lot no bitch let me tell you something <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a hopeless romantic anymore. And oh bullshit! Not bullshit. You're bullshit. <laughs> Actually, all of these hoes. I don't. I don't know. I don't know about that, Josh. I don't know. You don't know because you're not me. <laughs> <laughs> don't know because you got a mouthful of turkey. Mm-hmm. You know, last time you were eating while we were recording, I got a complaint. Well, that they, sucks. They, they, found it, they found it very rude. And, uh, you know, it's it's like classroom rules. If you didn't bring enough for everybody. Don't bring it so in. So do you have turkey sandwich for a thousand people right now, Josh? Nope. I sure don't. That's pretty, I don't even care. Wow, what wow. an asshole. <laughs> wow. That's pretty rude. I would stop listening to the show at this point. 86 strange people. Yeah, done. Done. Ruined over a turkey sandwich. <laughs> It was a fun run. Is that like Austin Powers? He's going down the checklist of dead people. It's like Mama Cass ham sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) SP Weird World turkey sandwich. Joshua Hart. Joshua Hart. Rude. Rude. Anyhow, how's everybody doing today? Tired, but good. Tired seems to be, yeah. Joshua? I'm so tired, bro. So, so tired. (laughs) I'm like literally like my body doesn't feel okay. Uh, you know, normally I'm in the same boat as you guys, but I'm I'm feeling well rested. I've had a good day off. I was gonna say you have no eye bags. You look yeah. well rested. Yeah, I didn't wake up at four in the morning. I woke up at my leisure. Oh, that's always nice. Yeah, that was pretty nice. That was pretty nice. I've had the last three days off, but I have woken up every single day at like six thirty. Can't go sleep Ooh, past it. Yeah, that's rough. It's been real rough. I definitely automatically wake up around 4 or 5 in the morning now for yeah. my new job, and then I usually just poop and go back to bed <laughs> if it's my day off or something, you know, play some games on the toilet for like 20 minutes. I've been trying to, but my sleep has been so fucked up because I actually stopped smoking weed. Mm. Like, uh, See, everybody's always told me to stop smoking weed to sleep better. It's the complete opposite for me. Yeah, I I enjoy a good bowl before bed. Yeah, it's like held my... Because I have like crazy, vivid, intense dreams. And the last like week and a half, they've just been fucking gnarly. Like last night, I knuckled an alien who was trying to destroy the planet. And then it like propelled me into another dimension, into another dream. It was insane. That is crazy. (laughs) I get these weird like... I'm in the stasis, or I don't even know if stasis is a word. Homeostasis. Homeostasis, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm in the, like, in-between sleep and awake, mm-hmm. um, so I'm definitely dreaming, but, like, the moves and 
decisions I make in the dream are me, like, turning in my bed. Interesting. So it's very not restful. Yeah, you're just, like, your eyes are shut and your body is, like, asleep but your mind is and like, And hey, just hello. turning from right to left, like, and, and making decisions. And then I, I wake up and I instantly don't remember, like, what I was doing. Or That sucks. And that's actually I've found is the key because I can wake up and like for like five seconds and mm-hmm. kinda and go right back into it. That's what I'm able to do. I have to like wake myself up and be like, No, Jolt you're in your bed. bedroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or like a work dream. Those are terrible. Oh, I had my first work dream. I, there was uh, three labradoodles in my dream. Oh no. <laughs> oh, I haven't had a server dream in a while. That's that's good. Yeah, those are awful. Josh Yeah, me neither. Do you do you have furniture dreams, like Tetris dreams, <laughs> but it's no, furniture loading a truck? No, one time I had a dream though that I fought my manager, and then we were we were friends again after that. Nice. One time in Florida, I almost fought my manager. Fuck you, Glenn. I'll still fight you today. <laughs> Fucking Glenn. Fucking Glenn. Piece of shit. Glenn Coco, none for you. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, I'm not fucking this up today, so welcome everybody to Strange People Weird World. <laughs> My name is Greg Tanner. With me today is the beautiful and luxurious and fancy Joshua Hart. Wow. And of course the delightful Anya Daniela. Th- thanks for being here, guys. Thank you for having us. uh, It's good to see one of you. I know. Josh is joining us via iPhone, I guess. (laughs) We used to Skype and do uh, FaceTime and stuff like that, but today I was like, why the, like, video... Just lags it down. Just lags it down, so since we all have iPhones, Josh can just call me and I can answer on the computer. It's pretty cool. Fucking technology. Pretty cool stuff. I didn't even think of it, but I had a, uh, a, uh kind of a conference with Joe Musso, our friend from All D20 today, because mm-hmm. we are uh, in the works of starting a podcast network. So, uh, yeah, and that's, that's, I just, he called me and I answered on the computer and it just kind of all dawned on me there. But uh, anyways, big things coming from Joe and uh, hopefully just big things uh, all together. So anyhow, let's, uh, let's get into this today. Oh yeah, I forgot. I, I also was uh, dedicating this episode to... Uh, his lovely wife, Felicity Musso, because she's the only Australian I know, and uh, this takes place in Australia today. Miss Felicity, really? Hell yeah. Yeah, so shout out to Felicity. Uh, if you don't know Felicity, that means you haven't checked out their podcast, All D20, yet, and uh, shame on you for that. Shame. So uh, I assume today you're going to finish listening to this show, of course, because um, you love us. And then you're going to check out All D20. You can uh, find them on the same app you're listening to us on. Anyhow, like I said, our story today takes place in Australia. And I've decided when I was writing this one, I'm not even going to, like, hopefully I've thought of a clever name for the show by now, because I haven't yet, but I've got a day or so here. There you go. We got some leeway. But I'm not going to tell you guys what it's about yet, and, uh, you know, maybe it'll be like a surprise, or maybe I'll write about it in the details of the show and you're not surprised. I don't know. Don't don't judge me and how I live my life. I have to keep you on your toes. I'm feeling the judgment right now. You know who you are. Anyways. 
So our story starts in Coogee Beach, Australia in 1935. Uh, we're in the midst of the Great Depression. Uh, I, I guess this might make me ignorant. I didn't know the Great Depression was kind of like more worldwide. Like I didn't know it was really? just... Yeah, I didn't know it was like... Effect- yeah. I mean, I guess I could just... It makes sense, but like I thought it was like, more like an American thing. America. Yeah. So yeah, um, they're going through the Great Depression in Australia as well. And a struggling business owner named Bert Hobson decides to take matters into his own hands. Hobson was the proprietor of Coogee Aquarium and Swimming Baths and had recently seen business drop dramatically after the previous year's demolition of Coogee Pier with its 1,400-seat theater, large ballroom, restaurant, penny arcades, and uh, basically just nobody was coming there anymore. So, it goes down. Yeah, they ripped down everything, and he's sitting there trying to work an aquarium. Uh, but the cool thing is, and this is why I, I know I was born in the wrong time, because uh, what do you do in the 30s if you own an aquarium? You fucking head out to the ocean and start catching shit yourself. <laughs> so New meaning to deep sea fishing. Right? Uh, Bert and his son Ron caught a four meter, which is roughly 13 and a half feet, one ton tiger shark. Oh. Uh, just three kil- kilometers offshore, which is about 1.8 miles. Uh, Bert quickly arranged to have it transported to the aquarium, decided and uh, decided to charge people to see this. So in the area, they'd been having like shark attack problems too. So he was kind of banking on the fact that people would want to come see these like monsters. Yeah, yeah. But that thing's fucking huge. Yeah, thirteen feet. Holy shit! And only one ton. So I I drive a full size truck. That's half a ton. That's a big. That's a big shark. Yeah, it's fucking huge. I could eat Josh in a bite. Just just like a turkey sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that was a shark joke. that sounded that sounded like semi-sexual and I didn't like that <laughs> <laughs> what kind of like never mind that's a that's a niche sexual there thing Josh yeah <laughs> <laughs> like squeal like a pig boy stuff anyhow that's, racist. Like oh, that's not racist that's not racist <laughs> <laughs> in fact in, in the movie that's from it's white people doing it to white people Oh, white people. That's what I thought. That's what I fucking thought. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, um, what did I, what did I, what did I do? The plan worked relatively well for a week. Then Anzac Day came, which is essentially Australian Memorial Day. It's not on the same day as our Memorial Day, but that's what Anzac Day is for them. A Memorial Day for their servicemen and things like, things like that. Since it was a national holiday, the aquarium was filled with people uh, excited to see this mighty beast in all of its glory. Crowds flooded in and out throughout the day, and then at 4.30 p.m., the shark seemed to take a turn for the worse as it started violently convulsing and started vomiting up this black fluid, and then a rat, and then a bird, and then finally a human arm comes spitting out of the shark's mouth right in front of everybody. What the fuck? <laughs> Uh, the crowd was in shock, and Burke quickly called the police, who fished the limb out of the water. It was a left arm sporting a tattoo of two boxers sparring on the forearm. A rope was attached to the wrist, and the police soon discovered that the arm had not been bitten off, but had been cut off. 
What? Meaning this was no shark attack. This was murder. <laughs> the, uh, oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> murder! Murder! So, the distinctive tattoo quickly led police to the arms owner, a one Jimmy Smith. We're getting quite normal names in the podcast today. I like it. It's a huge turn from the last couple it's, weeks. Yeah, from the last year, actually. <laughs> <laughs> However, I am about to butcher a lot of Australian city and street names, so, you know, that's how it goes sometimes. Even uh, Coogee Beach, I've seen it pronounced Kaji or Coogee. Pronunciation oh. is such a weird thing. Yeah, it's C-O-O-G-E-E. But I heard an Australian podcast today, and they said Coogee, so I'm, I'm going with that. Coogee sounds right. Uh, yeah, it's fun. That's kind of more fun to say than Kaji, like Coogee. Kind of sounds like Coogee. It, yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, Kaji doesn't even make sense. There's two O's. I don't know who the fuck says, like, Mon for Moon. The fuck? <laughs> Jamaicans. Yeah, they, no. you, they were talking about the moon the whole time. You didn't know that? No, I guess it's A's that they pronounce like that. Mon, Just kidding. Yeah, it is. I, I thought you knew what you were doing. But <laughs> never mind. I'm not backing you up anymore. Damn it. <laughs> Anyhow, Jimmy Smith, a 45 year old ex boxer who lives in Gladsville. Uh, the local newspaper called Truth characterized him as a, quote, a well-known suburban billiard saloon keeper, one-time promising lightweight boxer, and a man who seemingly had not an enemy in the world, taking care to stress numerous times that Jimmy was, quote, no coward, and, oh wait, sorry, Jimmy was no coward to take, at, take an easy way out. Uh, as in he wouldn't commit suicide. But to say no enemy in the world... That's like a, that's a pretty bad I mean, none of my friends cut my arms off and throw them to sharks. No. Not that I know of. That they have plans of, at least. I would hope none I would of my hope friends. Not. I would Josh? Not, yeah. What? I'm going to take that silence as he would do it. Oh. Are you over there plotting murder right now, or are you still just eating turkey sandwich? No, I finished my turkey sandwich, like... Ten minutes ago, that could be legit. But I would never. I could. I could never cut someone's arm off. Like, I, no, unless I had a katana. I mean, I can even cut anybody. That's that's intimate. Yeah, that's, that's very <laughs> intimate. But I mean, if you killed somebody, and I, also I wouldn't. I would only use the katana in self-defense. So. Yeah, like you, uh, would, you just got done fighting good. bears or whatever it is you do with katanas. And then some yeah. weirdo comes out of the bush and then it's act of self-defense. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, uh, you got you to gotta assume, you know, this, this arm was left for a reason, you know, especially one with a tattoo on it. Yeah. You know, it's... It's a signifier. You got to assume it's a statement arm, you know, not just a... Although... Who would have expected a tiger shark to then eat to it? To then eat it and, and puke it up. So, so maybe the whole body was getting disposed of and just just, just this arm. Maybe, yeah, the arm got, like, maybe he got hacked to bits and pieces and chucked in. Huh. Huh. Hmm. 
Anyhow, what the papers failed to mention is that Jimmy had begun to consort with known criminals while managing his billiard saloon in Razelle. Oh, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jimmy boy. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. He started working as a builder in the early 30s and was employed to construct a block of flats for major crime figure Reginald Holmes. For those of you who don't speak non-American, flats are homes. He soon began to work various jobs for Holmes, not homes, like I'd previously just said. Those are flats. Holmes is a person. Not all of them, not all of them on the books. Uh, Reginald Holmes was part of a lineage of boat builders spanning from 1850. His father was a boat builder, his grandfather was a boat builder, and Reginald had followed suit, operating a thriving business building speedboats. His most lucrative operations, however were the less-than-legal kind. He used his speedboats to coordinate cocaine drops from passing ships, which he would then sell back in the city. Oh, the coca. All the way out in Australia, man. Goddamn. Uh, he also worked insurance scams, including one where he had a few other consorts that would buy, over-insure, and then uh, sink boats. Uh, oh. One in particular was a pleasure cruiser named the Pathfinder, which uh, Jimmy Smith was actually in charge of. Jimmy would also uh, take speed buns out, take speed boats out for some of the drug runs. Oh, wow! So, wow. Not not exactly the uh, angel of a citizen that the uh, newspapers might have thought. No, they probably weren't that glad in Gladsville when all this came out. <laughs> Bazinga! Bada bada boom. <laughs> Soon the pair teamed up with Patrick Brady. We got another easy, normal name. He was an ex-serviceman who discovered his talents of forging in the service. Discovered his talents for forging general signatures while in the service. He began forging checks for homes of wealthy clients for negligent amounts using Holmes and Smith's businesses. Smith's businesses to cash them. What a talented man! Right. <laughs> Smith and Holmes soon fell out over one of these schemes, and Smith started to blackmail Holmes, because that's the obvious next move, knowing that his respectable standings in the Sydney community made him an easy target. I, to, I feel like blackmailing just never goes good for anybody. It's like, it's the, it's like a double-ended sword. Yeah, like it, there's, there's no good outcome for it. Nope. You're going to get stabbed in the process. Yeah, no good. Can we buy your sword or buy another sword? (laughs) So, Jimmy's final night out. Jimmy Smith spent his final night alive drinking with Patrick Brady, the military forger. It was April 7th, a Sunday evening, and the pair were playing a noisy game of cards, coincidentally at the Cecil Hotel in Australia. Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what the fuck? Right? <laughs> uh, in Cronulla, Australia, the Cecil Hotel was. Um, I can only assume there's a bunch of, like, the, this must be all, like, the Sydney area, and it's just a bunch of, like, different suburbs, kind of like mm-hmm. Denver is where we are. Like yeah, yeah. Um, anyhow, they soon moved into uh, moved on to a small cottage that Brady had rented on Tolambi Street, less than two kilometers from the hotel. So I'd be like one and a half miles ish. 
This is where it's believed that Smith was murdered. Now, Brady was a master forger, but maybe not the best murderer. And given the public nature of the evening out, it was pretty easy for the police to kind of trace something together. Uh, They were able to talk to some cab drivers. Uh, One in particular was able to recall Brady's exact trip from the cottage on Talambi Street, and he took that cab directly to Holmes's place at Three Bayview, uh, McConnell's Point. And uh, the taxi driver also was able to identify Brady, uh, name the two exact addresses, as well as say Brady looked disheveled and was clearly hiding something under his jacket, which we can only assume is Jimmy's arm. The cab driver would later go on to testify that it was clear that Brady was very frightened that night. Huh. Mr. Brady, you're not a good criminal. Dude, just... You just got an arm on you? Yeah. I mean, like, I know in video games when you, like, have to go out and, like, kill, like, let's say a griffin, you're supposed to take a trophy, so you, like, take the foot or something. So maybe that's why he took the arm, but... Even interesting point that I think could uh, come up later. So, uh, just three weeks after the tiger shark regurgitated Jimmy Smith's arm, Patrick Brady was arrested for his murder. There's only one problem. Without a body... A single arm is not proof that a murder took place. But once arrested, it didn't take long for Brady to point the finger. That same day, police turned up at Holmes' boat shed in Lavender Bay. They're in a new fucking place every time they're talking about something. (laughs) And questioned him. Holmes denied that he had ever met Brady, but the police say the murder clearly weighed heavily on his mind. And four days later... On an early Monday morning, Holmes took a bottle of brandy, a pistol, and headed out on one of his speedboats. He got extremely drunk and attempted to shoot himself in the head. Miraculously, the bullet hit the bone on his forehead (laughs) and simply blasted him backwards into the water, knocking him out of the boat. As Holmes regained consciousness, he scrambled back into the speedboat and set off towards Sydney Harbor. He drove erratically around Circular Quay, disrupting the morning ferry services and hammering around the harbor for close to four hours. Two water police boats chased him, and he led them about two kilometers out to sea until he finally stopped the boat and surrendered. A witness claims to have seen him whizzing around that day and almost hit his boat as he was out uh, fishing with his son. That would have been fucking sight to see. Yeah. Wait. So, so is this this is post no arm. This is this is post no arm. Yeah. Please, this is when this is yeah. This is the police. This respond. motherfucker was alive. Wait. What? Wait. This is Reginald Holmes. The guy who owns the boat company that Jimmy oh, would work okay. for. Okay. So the forger, uh, Brady, pointed the finger at Holmes. The police questioned him. Four days after that, Holmes is found driving a boat fucking drunk around the harbor and attempting to shoot himself in the head. Somehow miraculously lives because it hits his forehead. Okay. Yeah, he must have been using like a twenty-two or something. Yeah, or like he has like a Neanderthal skull that's solid rock (laughs) so 
to hear Reginald Holmes tell it all, he's the victim of extortion. He told detectives that Patrick Brady turned up at his house late one evening holding Smith's severed arm. He threatened to blackmail Holmes, so this guy's getting blackmailed just left and right. <laughs> Looks like he's not a Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> he threatened to blackmail Holmes if he didn't pay him 500 Now, I, I asked uh, the Musos how to say this. So it's just Australian dollars. Nothing fancy. So you just $500. He uh, explained to Holmes how he killed Smith, dismembered his body, placed the parts in a trunk, and tossed them in Gunamata Bay, which is commonly referred to as the, quote, Sydney send-off in crime circles from the 20s and 30s around that area. The vast ocean and its many access points being the best means of disposal for a body. That's pretty gangster right there. Yeah, I mean, but Mr. Tiger Shark. Mr. Tiger Shark. It's, it's like it's like uh, it's like when we did the Maple Syrup Mafia episode. Like, you don't expect these things out of like Canada or Australia, like crime syndicates out there. I, I can't do an Australian voice, so once again, I won't. But, uh, yeah, you know, just Australian out there. Give him the old Sydney, sen- <laughs> Sydney send-off. <laughs> oh. So Holmes says he gave Brady the money and left. Um, Brady left the arm in Reginald's living room. Uh, a panicked Reginald drove to Marabra. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, Australia. <laughs> Uh, under the cloak of darkness, I almost just changed that to like the beach when I was writing it. But I was like, oh, I'll try. Uh, he tossed the arm into the ocean, where it would be eaten by a large tiger shark, or possibly by a smaller shark, which was then eaten by the one-ton shark. Which could explain why the arm was still like intact in the mm-hmm. in the shark's stomach uh, so many days afterwards. Which I think it was like nine days afterwards that the uh, Bert would fish him out of the ocean. And then, what, it was like a week after that. Yeah, and then another another week after that. So that's that's uh, 16 days, so almost two weeks. So it can make sense that he ate like a smaller shark that ate the arm, something like that. But, you know, tiger sharks are also known just for eating anything and everything. Yeah, they're kind of like billy goats. Yeah. Billy goats of the sea. Yep. Uh, nine days after the murder, like I said, Ben and Rod Hobson would pull the shark from the ocean and put it on display. After explaining all this to the police, Holmes agreed to be a witness at the trial of Jimmy Smith's death to be held on June 12th. But the morning the trial was to begin, Reginald Holmes was found dead in his car with three bullets in his chest. He was parked on Hickson Road under the Harbor Bridge, and it was speculated that Holmes himself actually ordered Hitman to take him out. The theory behind this is he's kind of saving his family, the uh, embarrassment of him being on trial for murder and all this. Mm -hmm. And also, if he has somebody kill him, his family will benefit from his life insurance. Because he is a wealthy man, legitimately on paper. And he already knows how the insurance company works. And he's already been doing insurance fraud his whole life, so this is kind of his his final fraud. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's a way to go out. At least he took care of his family. you got to respect that. Yeah. Um, it is still possible that Brady ordered the hit, but nevertheless, without Holmes as the star witness, the case against Brady soon fell apart. No conviction was recorded. Brady walked free. 
Nobody was ever charged for the two deaths, and until he died in 1965, Patrick Brady denied he ever had anything to do with either death. One interesting note, too, is Jimmy Smith was later discovered to have also been a police informant and had been uh, informing on Reginald Holmes for, like, the past year or so before he died. Huh, so it could have been, like, a whole inner ring. So not only did he, uh, you know, like, the contrary to that newspaper quote, like, he could have had enemies anywhere. Yeah, especially as a police informant. Yeah, if you're a rat, like, you're... You're a rat. Basically, that shark had two rats (laughs) in his stomach that day. Wow, that was a hook, line, and sinker. That's some crazy stuff right there. Crazy, crazy stuff. Australia. You got some crazy insects, crazy animals... Crazy criminals. You gotta watch out for the Sydney send-off. <laughs> Bless you. you. Sorry, I still love you, Australia. Hey, you're great. You're great. You know. Much uh, love to you. I, I hear good things about New Zealand, though. New Zealand? I hear great things about New Zealand. I haven't really heard much about New Zealand, which is a good thing. I hear they're just, like, chill. You know, it's supposed to be beautiful. That's where they film Lord of the Rings. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's supposed to have, like, the most beautiful waterfalls in the world. I think New Zealand and Thailand. New Thailand. Yeah. But uh, what what do you guys think? Um, Who do you think between... I really think it's possible that Holmes was still behind Jimmy Smith's death. Yeah, I think if... Since Jimmy was an informant. Yeah. I I don't think... I mean, this is kind of painting... um, Brady to kind of be the mastermind behind this, but I feel like he was just another one of Holmes. A little pin. Like, you know, lackeys or... You know, I, f- I feel like Holmes was the top guy. Um, but he did kill himself. And I think he probably killed himself because Eventually. he knew either way it wasn't going to go, like, really in his favor. Because even <laughs> if he went to go stand trial, then in a sense, you're a rat. Yeah. And now you have all the other criminals looking at you kind of with that side eye. And, and then your family is now put in that light. And, and he just, un, as far as I'm concerned, had somebody killed for being a rat. So, and he didn't want to be yeah, one of those. Yeah. That's a good way to go out, hire a hitman on yourself. Yeah. It's, you, you see it coming. Yeah. <laughs> you see it coming. Your family benefits from it. You keep your public image clean. That that'd be crazy. Just uh, now, I'm, I'm picturing something totally different. Like some crazy dude who like hires a hitman just to like keep himself sharp. <laughs> he like <laughs> hires people to kill him and like doesn't doesn't tell him like, don't tell me when you're gonna do it. There's actually a movie out there. I think about that. Is there? Yeah, where like this guy just wants to kill himself and he gets this like creepy message on his computer. Um, it's like this website and he pays like a thousand dollars for them to kill him. And then he ends up, like, finding love, falling in love, and the one who he fell in love with is actually the hitman that who sounds, kills him. That sounds familiar. I feel like it was a Black Mirror episode. It might be. That might be that. it. That might be it. That show's crazy. That sounds like the Chance the Rapper short film one that, like, Vice made or whatever. Oh, my God. That's what it is. <laughs> is it? Yeah. It's called Mr. Happy. Mr. Happy. That's, huh. that's it. Definitely I, check it out. I haven't seen that. It's twisted. It's pretty fucked up. It's, it's good. It's just... It's sad. It's sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen, I haven't seen the... Um, whatever me, the movie Childish Gambino made, either. 
Oh, his short film? Yeah, his short film. Is it just a script, or did he actually make a film? I don't... Yeah, he actually made, like, a short film. Um, It's, like, a director's cut. Like, I think it's, like, loosely tied to the script for his Because the Internet album. But it's called um, Clapping for the Wrong Reasons. You can watch it on YouTube. You can watch both of those on YouTube. Clapping for the Wrong Reasons and Mr. Happy. Is it Rihanna and Charles Gambino's? Oh, you're talking about that one? Oh. No, that's a different one. That one, I can't remember what it's called, but it's... I don't know either one. It's pretty good. I watched it. It's, huh. it's interesting. Yeah. So, Joshua. Yeah. Group photos. Oh, Anya said she was going to do them. I sent them to her. Oh, you sent them to Anya? Mm-hmm. Anya, don't disappoint me. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. No, I just need to edit them, and then they'll be posted. Okay. The uh, the one where That's we all were all three to together do. were terrible. The guy clearly oh, the, was not the, a photographer. The guy, oh. Uh, well. That guy's a terrible photographer, bro. <laughs> <laughs> How do you fuck it up with an iPhone? Dude, I don't know, bro. No. We'll, we'll try again one day. The single ones are great, so we'll just make a collage. We'll just make a collage. It'll be like a superhero thing. <laughs> yeah. the, the striped pictures coming down. I can Photoshop us all into like a wicked background. That'd be sweet. Do it. There you go. We'll choose, like, we'll choose Sydney. Sydney, <laughs> Australia. <laughs> Well, um, yeah, that, that's it. That was kind of a short one today. Nice and sweet. I just kind of powered through it, I guess, too, huh? Josh, what's your take on it? Yeah, it's always weird. I don't, I don't like not having Josh here. It's, yeah. It's just... It's quieter. He's hanging out in the techno world. Yeah. Well, my take on it is that this Brady guy, we'll call him Tom Brady for right now. Oh, that makes me um, hate him. Yeah, don't use Tom Brady. Oh, it's Patrick, Tom it's Patrick Brady. Anyways, <laughs> Tom Brady goes out here, right? And he's like, hey, man, I know this Holmes guy. And I know that this Holmes guy doesn't like this uh, guy who died, this boxer dude, right? So he's like, all right, man, I'm going to kill this guy. And I'm going to, like... You know, blame it on you because I know you're also a rat unless you pay me money. So if I if you don't pay me money, I'm going to expose you and blame this on you. And then you're going to die. And then Brady just sits in the background, chilling. Then this Holmes guy is like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm about to just go crazy. Tried to kill myself. Didn't work. I'm going to fucking go to trial and expose this Brady guy. <laughs> and then... And then this Brady guy is like, you know what? Nah, bro. You'll never get me, and you're a bitch and a rat, so I'm just going to kill you, and I'll be free forever. So and you, I got money. So you think Brady called the hit on, on Holmes in the car that morning? Yeah. I mean, it's tough to say. I mean, because if it was Holmes who called the hit on himself, it's diabolical doing it the morning of the trial. Yeah. So it definitely makes it look like Brady did it. But uh, so yeah. Josh says pretty straightforward. You you think uh, this whole forger guy is uh, he's the man behind it? Yeah, bro. Why not? He's just like you know what? I can literally. He's like I don't care about this boxer dude. I just know that this boxer dude could take down this guy that has a lot of money that could give me a lot of money if I play my cards right. So he gets all the money that he wants, and then he puts the guy that has money in a tough spot. And then the guy, he knows that the guy with the money is probably going to get him killed, so he just kills him first. 
And he's like, yeah, cool. I'm free. And I made a lot of money. And I died with a lot of money. And my only thing with Brady is, you know, if Holmes' story is true, and I know it's the 1930s, so money's worth more, but he only asked this fucking rich-ass dude for $500? That's it. But then again, back then, 500's a lot. It is a lot. Like, And, it, and if you want the cash right away, you have to ask for a sensible number. Like, yeah, it's something... I just, yeah, well, because why, why else would uh, he even ask for money in the first place? Like, what's the motive there? there isn't a, I don't know if there's a motive to ask him for money and to potentially blame a murder on him. Didn't or Holmes like, like, hey. employ Brady? Yeah, um, from what I understand from the research is, you know, Holmes and Jimmy Smith were working together. Jimmy kind of knew of this Brady guy and... Brought, brought him on, it. and the three of them started working together. But it seems to me, you know, Holmes is definitely at least the kind of financial backer behind everything. Or I mean, he's like the man with the plan because he—they're doing all these fraud schemes through Holmes's business. Mm-hmm. So, see, I think Holmes is a mastermind because Brady—he might be, you know, somewhat smart, but Holmes has been running this insurance fraud loop for quite a while. No. Yeah. And he owns a very successful business. Uh, they also question Brady's ability to kill Jimmy Smith because Brady was a five foot four man. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Smith's an ex boxer. Um, again, we, had, we don't, there's no the body, body, so, I mean, obviously Brady could have shot him or something yeah. like that. Yeah, but wasn't he in the military? He was. Maybe. Also, it doesn't matter if you're a fucking boxer, but if you're in the military, you might be equipped to fucking murder a boxer with your bare hands. So maybe Smith was going to rat out Holmes. Holmes then hired Brady to do the job, and then he, like, going back to the trophy thing, wanted to make sure the job was done, so he said, bring me his arm, but I need to see the arm with the tattoo so I know that it's Smith. So then Brady takes a taxi to Holmes' place, and then Holmes pays him $500 for carrying out the hit for killing Brady. But then, when the police get involved, and then Brady gets taken in, he cracks. He tells them, Holmes is already one step ahead, saying, well, no, he extorted me for 500 I think that's exactly what happened. Shabam! Uh, wow. Especially because the, t- the you know the taxi driver testimony, you know if Brady was this badass, you know the taxi driver is saying this man was scared the whole time, seemed disheveled, very fidgety. Yeah, I, I, th- I think Anya is exactly correct. Boom, dropping bombs, bombs of knowledge. SP Weird World solves another one. <laughs> Tip of my detective hat. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, so uh, Joshua. Yeah. We got a music video coming out, what, two days? Two days. Yeah, well, technically the day they hear this, so. Today. Today, yeah. Today is the day. Wait, are you trying to outshadow the podcast with your music video? Is that what's going on? It's rude. No. It's rude enough you couldn't be here today on top of your rude turkey sandwich. And then you're dropping this rude music video? And, you you know, I didn't forget about the smoking thing. Hmm. Cigarettes. In the beauty, in the video. Oh, yep. With his cool, cool guy jacket on. It's not a jacket; it's a fucking shirt, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because I haven't seen the video yet. But well, uh, you see, you can clearly see me wearing a button-up shirt. In the well, I was fixated dragon. on your cigarette smoking. Okay. Well, whose problem is that? 
the youth of America, when you start mind raping them with your cigarette smoking, the, the impressionable you know, impression. Good job, Joshua. Not just America. We're loosely we're listened to around the world. Uh, you know, there's our one Australian listener right now. What are they going to think? They're going to never want you they in might their think country. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem, Josh. That's what I'm saying. Quit making smoking what if they cool. What if they already smoke cigarettes and they do it because they like it? And then they're just like, wow, that guy's just like me. Well, you should inspire them to be better, Josh. Boom. That's not my job. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, Well, yeah. Um, how can people go see your video? It'll be exclusively on YouTube. You know, you can search Josh Hartco on YouTube, or you can just go to youtube.com slash jheartbeat. That's J-H-A-R-T-B-E-A-T, jheartbeat. So make sure you're following Josh on YouTube to check out, you know, all of his music and stuff on there and uh, get the exclusive Dances in the Sun video, which uh, is still my favorite Josh Hart song. And, uh, Hell yeah. It's a good boogie tune. It's a good one. It, it's in that, like, category of songs that if it's on and you're not, like, at least tapping a toe or moving something, then yeah, you just don't like music, apparently. Yeah. You're a weirdo. Yeah, that's like... Uh, or you're deaf. Yeah. Like, whenever that come and get your love song comes on, like, I just start doing this weird, like... A little shoulder bop. Yeah, a little <laughs> shoulder bop and strut and dance, you know. It's like Dances in the Sun, you know. If you're not moving to that song, there's obviously something wrong with you. But uh, I think we're just going to call a short one today, guys. What do you think? Short Sounds like a shorty. Sounds like a shorty since Shy. you know Josh couldn't even bother to be here today. And uh, hey, let me tell you something, Greg. I just started my new position today, and I live in Fort Collins now. Oh, and there it is. Josh is your a, house is your house is so far away, and I'm the only one that drives an hour to your house. So you know, Miranda and I used to drive to Fort Collins just for Kane's chicken. So well, you know what? That's not even close to the same thing. Yeah, you would be here for like a whole hour and a half recording a show. We just went there to go through a drive through. <laughs> well, anyhow, that's well. outrageous. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I got nothing else. I got nothing. Um, next time you guys hear me, I will be 34 years old instead of 33. What? I'm going to be old. Wow. 34 hurts. Like, it's. All the way up until now, I was still able to, I was telling Miranda, you know, 33 can still round down to 30, mm-hmm. but now 34 definitely rounds to 35. Mid-30s. And when you're at 35, it basically rounds up to 40. Like, I'm, I'm just old. Oh. Yeah, it's old. <laughs> it, it ends that quick. <laughs> you see almost the hill there. It ends that. I already missed, I missed a day of work this week because I couldn't move my neck. <gasps> I, I, yeah. Yeah. Woke up at four in the morning, got in the shower. I got out of the shower. I was walking into this room, which is my bedroom, my my, my closet room when mm. we're not recording. And I just did like a up in the arms air stretch and I felt something pop through my shoulders and neck and I just couldn't move my neck. Had to drive to work still because you can't call a place where there's nobody at. Yeah, you have to still go there. <laughs> yeah. So I, I left turns where a motherfucker because I, I literally couldn't move my head. I'm just like, I hope this is clear. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he didn't help me. 
So you're telling me I have like 11 years. Yeah, I mean. Until I can't lose my neck. I'll tell you what right now. If you're in your 20s or whatever, if you're coming, just start. If you're not active, if you're if you're a fat, lazy stoner with a dad bod who just fucking <laughs> snacks and plays games and watches Netflix all day. While you're doing that, you know, you get on the floor and start doing some stretches, man. You know, do, mm-hmm. you know, do that little butterfly stretch with your legs. You Limber know, up. yeah, you just stretch. You know, you don't have to work out, but take care of yourself. Shit, I'm 23 and I like went down to go squat the other day. My little sister, she's like, "What were all those cracks?" I was like, "That is old age, though. right? That is your body getting old on." Catches you. up quick, real quick. Especially if you're like me, you know, over six feet tall. You know, like our bodies weren't. Yeah. Built to last. It's like big dogs, how they have like hip dysplasia. Yeah, exactly. That's how tall people yeah. are. Josh, you'll be fine. Yep. You're short and sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Short. Black don't crack. Baby. Yeah, I was going to say, you got, the black, black, you got the black don't crack thing going. <laughs> You're doing all right for yourself. Anyhow. Yeah, man. As long as I don't work this job too too long, I'll be, I'll be fucking great. Well, it's okay because we're going to be. Uh, Famous podcasters and musicians, and within the next twelve months, easily, easily. Um, yeah, we will have a, hopefully a podcast network starting uh, soon. Um, we're tossing around the idea of Awesome Productions, but it's actually O S S U M. It's actually Joe Musso's last Ooh. name backwards. Awesome, awesome, um, awesome. awesome Entertainment, Awesome Productions, something like that. Uh, where we'll have SP Weird World, obviously, all D20. Uh, Joe and I are talking about another show, um, kind of a Dungeon, Ma- Dungeon Master's Guide show. Uh, our own Anya Daniela is currently working on a show. Hopefully it'll be up by the 1st of July. Nice. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we... Guess what? What? Also, next time you guys hear me, I'll be 23. Oh, yeah, Josh is a cancer like me. Oh, boy. Double yeah. cancer birthdays this month. Oh. Yeah, bro. Well, all right, guys. I think that's it for us today. Um, happy birthday to Greg. Happy birthday to Josh. Happy, happy birthdays. Uh, you can follow me at Greg's Weird World at, 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 you know, at Instagram. That's the place. I even made a post today. I'm going to make more posts, I hope. We're working on it. I posted it on, it on SP World World's story. I saw that, yeah. So you get to see the dogs who make, two of the, two of the three dogs who make all the noise. Two but uh, rats. Carmen, the golden one, laying on the stairs. She's the biggest culprit for noise in the <laughs> studio, for sure. Majestic little bit. Yeah. Uh, follow Josh at Josh Hartco and all of his other handles. Uh, follow Anya at the one I don't remember how to say it. So Anya Daniela. There you go. And of course, follow us at SP Weird World. And you know what, guys? I need you to do one more thing. Make sure your pets are spayed. No. Okay. No, no. That's Price is Right. That's Price is Right. You know what, guys? Go ahead and keep it with. <laughs> <laughs> well, I never knew anything like that in the whole of my life. Nice.